You're listening to the Take Your Shop podcast, a podcast for wedding photographers and videographers looking to grow and scale their business. I'm your host, Hallie Heather, and my goal is for you to walk away feeling empowered and inspired as you continue to build a business that you're passionate about and that serves both you and your clients well. So whether you're operating as a side hustle or you're looking for tips and tricks on how to improve and scale your business, you, my friend, are in the right place. You don't have to figure it all out on your own, and I'm so glad you're here. Hello, and welcome back to the Take Your Shop podcast. I am super excited for today's episode, you guys, because today we're going to be talking all about pricing for wedding photography. I think it can be a really complicated topic, and honestly, there's so much more than one can cover in just one podcast episode, but today specifically, I've got a couple things I really want to touch on. So first, I want to talk about just how to determine your pricing and what to look at before setting your prices. I think this is really important just for setting a base for your business. I also want to talk through a little bit about just the different types of models of pricing for wedding photography. Um, There's so many different ways you can do it. And I'm not someone who's going to necessarily tell you what to do, but more here's some options. And as you kind of take those in, really determine what you think could be the best option for you. Um, I think that's a really important thing as you evaluate anything in your business is just what aligns, what feels like you, because at the end of the day, how I run my business might be very different than how you run your business. And I'm an open book. I'm happy to like share more strategies and all that. And I've definitely got more and more resources and things coming down the lines here. But um, in general, I just really want to give people just a basis of like, okay, this is some ways to like start thinking about it, but chew on it try things out and feel empowered to like make changes and do things the way you feel are best aligned with your business. And then the last thing I want to talk about is just a little bit of like mindset around pricing. I think there can be a lot that goes into it that, you know, can be a little overwhelming for people. And so I just want you to kind of hear a little bit about like my perspective on how I navigate the pricing and um, how I might be doing it differently than people that you've maybe learned from in the past. So I'm going to talk a little bit about that and some of my strategy behind pricing. So to begin, the first thing I would highly recommend doing before doing any sort of pricing is really understanding your costs. So there's two different areas that you need to know your costs of, not only your personal, but also your business. Um, And this can be a place where it can get so overwhelming really fast. So I recommend creating a spreadsheet and going in and actually documenting what business costs you have in your business and do it really detailed. Like I'm talking every single thing. So we're not just talking about cameras, lenses, SD cards, and the basics. Like we're talking every single thing. So look at, you know, what subscriptions do you have? What are those reoccurring costs that you have on a monthly basis? Maybe it's your CRM, your website, your, um, you know, if you use PickTime or any sort of gallery hosting service, that's reoccurring every single month if you have any other additional editing softwares things like that that's really good to keep a track of and then also keep track of some upcoming expenses you might have so um, look at the average like how much are you spending each year on new equipment maybe not every single year you're buying a camera but that is still an expense because there's wear and tear happening on your camera each year so looking at okay if I need to budget you know x amount per year to upgrade or if I'm upgrading and buying a new camera once every three years make sure it's still on the list and you have whatever portion that is depending on how long you think your camera is going to last have that kind of in your cost of doing business even though it's already paid for and then you also 
want to look at, you know, what do you cost? What are you spending on marketing? Sometimes people might be, you know, spending money on not only their website, but maybe they're doing, you know, bridal shows or printed materials. Maybe people have, you know, someone managing their social media that they're paying. So those are things to keep in mind. And then any sort of legal costs. So like how much are you spending on your contracts? Do you have a lawyer that you're hiring every single year to go over that? Do you have a CPA? Do you have a tax person? Like how much are you spending on those things? Taxes are a huge expense. And so <laughs> be sure to look at your state and federally and look at the just general percentage that you should be setting aside for that based on um, where you live. That's really important. And working with a CPA can really help with that. If you don't have a CPA or you can't afford one right now, just literally keeping track of what your expenses are and being really detailed in that can be super helpful. So that is the first step. So do that for your business and then also do the same thing for your personal life. So how much are you spending on rent or your housing mortgage? How much are you spending on food each week and how much are you spending on clothing and eating out or your car? Uh, what types of subscriptions do you have? So what are some of those not only fixed costs but also um, recurring costs like streaming services and all of that. So this is really important just to look at um, because this will help you determine your lifestyle that you're going after and how much you need to be charging in your business to sustain the life that you're trying to live because what's cool as a business owner is you know you get to run your own business and I know that comes with a lot of hats and a lot of things but you also get to set these goals for yourself and it really does go in line with your personal life and so don't only look at your expenses for your business but also look at okay like what type of life am I trying to live how do I achieve that and again it doesn't have to be luxury like I I, me and Luke live a pretty simple life. <laughs> um, that's not something that we're like, we're not trying to be like, you know, living in Beverly Hills or anything like that. But, you know, we are we are budgeting. So here's kind of like what we need in our current life. Here's some goals that we have. And so we kind of have some like stretch goals we have for um, finances and stuff. And just kind of having just a general plan and looking at the lifestyle you're, you're currently living and hope to live. It's really good to just do an audit on that. So that'll help you kind of play, in, play into your business and how you guys plan for just pricing yourself. The next thing I think that's really important to do after you kind of understand your actual like monetary costs is looking at calculating your time. And I know this might sound hard to do, but it's really not. If you use different systems, even just like a timer on your phone, I would love for you to just sit down, time yourself and think, okay, how long does it actually take for me to edit a wedding? So look at, you know, how much how much time does it take for me to call and edit and how, how much time am I spending in consults per wedding? So like maybe you have three different meetings and only one out of three books. Like you need to be keeping track of how much time are you spending on meetings? How much time are you spending on marketing, social media, which that one's be careful on that one because sometimes <laughs> we go on there thinking we're going to post but end up consuming. <laughs> um, but really looking at, okay, how much time are you spending in your business? Because I think it's so easy when you're self-employed to be faced with, okay, I could just sit on my couch and edit, or I can do this and that. And it really is just like integrated into how you do your life. But um, having a structure in place and really keeping track of your time and how much time you're spending, it can be really eye-opening. I think when I did this, I realized, man, like I... I'm definitely not making a good hourly rate if you wanted to break it down by hour. And so just looking at that can not only be helpful in terms of like what you're charging, but also in just an efficiency standpoint too. So calculate your time, keep track of it for the next couple weddings that you do and come back and use that information when you're looking at your pricing from a more strategic standpoint. The next thing to look at when it comes to your pricing is two things, looking at your market and then also your individual experience and value within that. So I think it can be a little tough when you're looking at the market and comparing pricing. I feel like 
there's so many people who just fall into the trap of, okay, I need to compete on pricing. How do I make sure that I'm the most competitive price and that people book me? And typically when you play that game and you're trying to compete on price, it's just a race to the bottom and people are just undercutting each other. And it's really just not a sustainable mindset or business practice because if if you've got clients who are only booking you because, because of your pricing being the cheapest, then Um, what you're going to run into is people not necessarily valuing you for your work. And so I actually really think it's important to do this market research, but be careful about that and looking at and being aware of what people are charging, but not just to copy their pricing, but to really make sure that you know, okay, where can I fit into this market and how can I like add value to my business? And so kind of when, when you kind of go off of the value base and looking at your own personal experience, your editing, like what are you bringing to the table that's not already there? Um, Really pricing yourself in a way that's like unique and uh, not necessarily just what everyone else is charging, but like offering something different. So um, being aware of that, but again, don't get obsessive over this part. I think it's good to be aware of, but like I said, I don't, I know I'm not the cheapest photographer in my area. And when I get on a call with a client, I tell them that I say, Hey, if you're looking for the cheapest photographer, I'm not going to be the best option for you because my value is here and this is why and this is what I focus on and this is what I personally value as an artist and how I want to work with my clients and this is like what that looks like and I really just take them on this journey of talking through okay like this is why I charge what I charge but also like the experience you're going to get out of it in return and what that looks like working with me versus other photographers and again not even focusing so much on the other photographer point part but like what I talk about in my meetings is likely going to be things that other photographers don't talk about and it's because this is the unique factor when working with me and so just being aware of yeah what other people are doing but not necessarily in a way where you want to copy them but just more so where's your competitive edge and how are you adding value in places where other people aren't that is where I'd recommend using the market research to your advantage when looking at pricing your business. So next, I want to talk about just the different pricing structures for when you do your pricing for wedding photography. And um, there's so many different ways you can do it. And so when you take all this information in, I want you to think through, okay, what makes most sense for you and your business? And also don't be afraid to try different models. I'm constantly testing different pricing strategies in my business because what worked in years past doesn't always work in the future. And I'm someone who's always trying to get out of that. And so um, I'm not afraid to test pricing. And I'll talk a little bit more about that here at the end. But it's really important, I think, just to not get into this mindset of, okay, this is the way I do it. This is the way I've always done it. This is what worked in the past, because it might not work in the future. And so I think being open to that and trying new things is so important. So that is why I think it's really good to be aware of just what the different options are. So the first pricing model structure I want to talk through is probably the most common one and this is the package pricing so people who do package pricing basically what this looks like is they have different packages or collections and each one kind of has like basically bundles of various services put together so someone might have a five-hour wedding collection and a 10-hour wedding collection and then some might include an engagement session some might not and you know there's things in there where you'll kind of have these different models and so having different packages and having a set number of those is really um, a really common thing that people will have when it comes to their pricing. Some of the pros that come with doing package pricing is first of all it's, it's pretty simple it's pretty straightforward uh, people can look at the packages and kind of look at you know the different options and decide which one fits their budget and needs so they'll know what it, what's included in it and it helps them just kind of have a smooth booking process. Uh, it also gives you a kind of a higher perceived value so sometimes when you 
look at a list and you're seeing all these things that are included with that package, uh, it makes you feel like, man, you're just getting so much within it. So that can also be an advantage of this structure. Some of the cons though is they do lack a little bit of flexibility. Someone might come back to you and say, hey, I saw that this was included in the package. If I want to take that out, can I get a discount? And sometimes you just have to be able to back that up and talk about like what you're willing to do or not. Uh, when someone tries to take something out of our packages, we typically just say, hey, we, we can't take anything out of any collections, but what we can do is we can add things. Um, and then we do have kind of a a la carte thing that's on the side where people can look at, okay, this is how much those things would cost. Because typically when you package things together, it is at a little bit of a discount to give that incentive and value there. So that is something to keep in mind too, of just not wanting to um, worry too much about people coming back and, you know, trying to negotiate and things. So it's really important to just have those processes in place. And also just keep in mind when you're going through this process of putting together packages, make sure that you're really looking at, okay, what are you including and making sure that you're not going overboard because it's nice to be able to make a long list of things, but sometimes people can go a little out of hand. And if you aren't pricing them correctly, you might end up providing more services than what you're being compensated for. This has literally happened where people have included prints or they've included, you know, engagement sessions or travel. And then the cost of all of that adds up and they didn't account for, oh, I added the second shooter into this package and hmm, I don't think I charged enough because the second shooter rate is a lot higher than I was expecting, you know? So it's really important just to really be mindful of what you're putting into those packages and pricing them in a way that's profitable for your business. And some tips if you're planning on doing this model is, you know, offer, you know, multiple different packages so people have something to compare to. Um, and then also do like an a la carte page where people can add on services. So like I was saying before, if someone wants to add something to a package, it's way easier to do that than it is to take something away just with the value and to protect that. So sometimes when you have these different options, it's almost beneficial for them to almost like upgrade to the next package than it is to add things on. So just kind of keeping things in mind and structuring it in a way that, you know, really makes sense for you. Which brings me to my next um, structure, which is the a la carte pricing. So sometimes people will literally just have a list of individual services and products with what they can do and they can just build their own package. So they'll have an hourly rate, they'll have everything that they would want and they can build it out. Uh, what's nice about this option is it's 100% customizable for clients and there are clients out there who really like this model because they feel like all their needs are being taken care of because they're like, man, okay, I'm not paying for anything I don't want. I don't have to buy a collection or feel forced to do something I'm not interested in. And they can really just go through and yeah, just really benefit from the flexibility of it because they know that it's fully tailored towards them. Uh, one of the things that's tough though about this model is it can be also really overwhelming. It can be too many options and maybe they'll be overwhelmed with like, I don't even know what to put in. I don't really know what I need, how many hours, all of that. It's putting a lot of the work on them and sometimes it can create decision paralysis. And so that is really tough. And then also it isn't always the most profitable just because when people are putting things in the cart, they're feeling like, man, like I'm putting so many things in here. It can be overwhelming. And so they might get a little bit of fatigue and they might not actually put together um, what you would recommend for their services. So they might not wa be walking away with what they necessarily need in terms of coverage. And they might just end up with less in their cart and it ends up being a little bit lower average sales. So that is something to keep in mind. So if you're going to do a la carte pricing um that's something that you know you really want to be strategic around in just how you're pricing yourself and then maybe provide some incentives 
and make sure that you keep the menu simple so that then when they go through it, it's not overwhelming. And then also, you know, be there to help guide them through the process. So if you are doing the a la carte option, I think it'd be really good for you to just be on a call with them or in person and actually go over everything. And like after diagnosing what their needs are, making those recommendations as they go through the a la carte. So then they feel like it's a really involved process. It's not just all put on them and really establishing yourself as the expert, getting them what they need. So those are the two most popular ones, which I just wanted to touch on today, just to kind of give you a baseline of what's out there. And again, it's probably not groundbreaking, but just knowing kind of the pros and cons. And you can also do like a combination of the two. So you can have, you know, your different um, packages and then here's the options for a la carte. And it really just helps sell the two. So you don't have to choose one or the other, but I think just having a strategy and having kind of just like a mindset behind why you're doing it that way is really important. So for us, like we use the package options. Um, that's something that I've been using for a long time and I found it to be just really helpful and just easy for not just me, but also the clients. Um, but I have also played around with doing different custom options and having a la carte add-ons and things like that. And that's something that, you know, really can make the experience more beneficial for your clients. Um, but the last thing I really wanted to talk to on today was just talking about mindset around pricing because pricing is something that I think people make way more complicated than it needs to be. And it does, it just doesn't have to be. So first thing I want to say about pricing is you are empowered as a business owner to try different things. So just because something has worked in the past, it doesn't mean it's going to work in the future. And kind of how I've always experimented with pricing is once I get to a comfortable place in my business where I'm looking at next year and I feel really good about the weddings I have booked. I have capacity for a few more, but I'm also totally fine if people don't book me because I also value time off. That is a great place to be. And I recommend like once you're kind of at that place where you've booked enough weddings, like maybe even if you're just like 50% booked for next year, that's a great time to start experimenting with pricing and try different things. I think where people hold themselves back so often is when you set your pricing for the year and you just kind of leave it, set it, and you don't make adjustments. And I'm all about experimenting for pricing. So um, when you are pricing your business, I recommend once you're like halfway booked, let's say you have like 50% booked, you feel really good about where you've been booked at. Um, you want to get a couple more weddings, but you're not like, oh, I need to urgently do this right now. You've got time to book it. That is the perfect time to start experimenting with pricing and see like where you can start adjusting your pricing and going up in value or like, what do you want to add to your pricing? What do you want to add to like what you're offering how much do you want to increase by and and go from there like it's really important to look at that and when I experiment with pricing there's a few things I look at so I will look at convenience and look at okay is the wedding convenient for me is it inconvenient obviously if it's more convenient that's going to be not as high of a price that I'm going to be quoting as if it's you know less convenient I also look at capacity so for that month I look at my weddings like month by month so typically the first wedding booked of a month will be a less expensive to the client than the third or fourth wedding booked in a month. Um, just because I try to keep my bookings lower for on a month to month basis. I like to have, you know, balance in my life, but you know, I also don't mind if someone wants to book me for the, my, my time. Like I want to give that opportunity, but for me, there's going to be like a little bit of a tax there. So capacity is a big thing to look at. Desirability. How much do you want to shoot that wedding? Like if it's a wedding in a destination and you're like, man, someone's going to pay me to go to Italy, <laughs> sometimes you might like give someone a discount to go there or 
unite like include travel or give some sort of incentive um for something that's more desirable versus you know if you're traveling somewhere that's a little bit less convenient it's not as exciting it might not be as much of a portfolio piece uh, maybe you won't give that same incentive um and that's and that's okay you are empowered as a business owner to do that um it's also good to look at the season that they're going to be booking in there's definitely busier seasons than others depending on where you're located and so if it's like a really busy season like for example in the midwest the fall is really busy because everyone loves those fall colors and so you might have like less time and maybe it's a more competitive time because you've got multiple people reaching out for that same month like that's gonna be quoted higher because there's just a higher demand for it and so looking at the season and the demand the timing of it that all plays a role in pricing and so for me I'm not I'm not just sending one pricing guide to all of the same clients Um, I'm doing it very differently um, even if it's all within the same year and so I want to empower you like try different things try different pricing like it's okay if you have multiple pricing guides and you're not just set at one price this is also why I recommend not putting your pricing on your website and when I talk about not having your pricing on your website I'm talking about like don't put all of the packages and everything that is included and all the details on your website like that doesn't really give them an incentive to reach out versus if you only have your starting at prices on your website that gives them a reason to know okay I'm within reason or I can afford that. It kind of weeds out people who are well below that and aren't able to afford your services, but gets that conversation started with those who are. So you can play around with that. I experiment a lot with putting pricing on my website and sometimes I'll take it off too, just to like kind of see where the market's at with things. So um, I have found that when you put on the starting at price, you do get more qualified leads because you've kind of weeded out people who are well below, but um, that's something I definitely recommend playing around with and seeing how that works for you. So as you're going through and adjusting your pricing, I just highly recommend feel empowered to try new things. That is like the number one tip I wish I would have taken when I started out. And then also as you're pricing, like have this mindset of like what, where am I going to be in my business at the point of this wedding? So if someone's reaching out to you for next year versus in two years, think through the value of like what you're learning in your business, how you're going to improve not only as a creative, but also as a business owner and what your goals are. Uh, Those are all things to keep in mind when pricing your business. Like you want to price it for the wedding, right? Like you don't want to price it for today because if the wedding's in two years, which I personally don't like to book weddings that far out, it would have to be a very special case for me to book like two years out just because, I mean, heck, I don't even know what my life's going to look like in two years. It could look drastically different. And so um, I just kind of have a wait list and then I'll open it up at the end of the year for people to book if they want to do that far out. But um, besides the point, it's just really important to evaluate kind of where are you going to be at in terms of your skill, your talent, your experience, and all of that, and also thinking like your long-term goals um, if you're going to be pricing that far out. So um, all this to summarize when it comes to mindset is, you know, look at being like bold and trying new things. Don't put yourself in a box. And just because that's what you've done in the past doesn't mean you have to do it in the future. Um, Experiment with pricing. That is like the big, if that is the one thing you take away from today, it is just experiment with pricing. Don't just do something once and call it good because it worked. Like try new things like especially when you get past that 50% booked mark um, for next season like start experimenting with pricing because if you're fully booked for next year and the year hasn't even started chances are you're probably well undercharging. like people are booking you there needs to be friction like there should be when people reach out um, there should be more no's than yeses um, granted you want to have make make sure you have a lot of inquiries when you uh, get to that point and that is a whole separate podcast episode right there because getting inquiries is so important and doing all the marketing and everything comes with so many different hats and there's a lot that goes into that but um, as you get more inquiries which like I get plenty of inquiries right now in my business um, I'm just really 
feeling like, man, like, okay, I don't want to be fully booked for next year because there's still booking season ahead of us. Like it is still no, it is November 1st right now when I'm recording this podcast, I should not be fully booked for next year. I can be, you know, well over halfway or, you know, you can always open up capacity or think where you want to be. But if you're, if you're looking at next year and you're fully booked, I would, this is absolutely the right time for you to be evaluating your pricing because chances are you're not charging enough. So that was a lot. I feel like I just shared a lot of thoughts on pricing. We went over, you know, different models, how to determine your pricing, what to look at. And I feel like it was just a lot of things to chew on. And so as you chew on this, feel free to reach out to me if you have any questions. I have my contact listed in the show notes so you can reach me on Instagram. I'm always in the DMs and love to connect with people there. And I also have a free online community that you can join. So that is also linked in the show notes. And it is just so much good there. I love building community and I think it's so important that you don't go through building your business on your own. So if you have not yet, please join the free group. I'm in there every single week and responding to comments and questions and really excited for just what's going on all in there. And stay tuned for next week because I've got an amazing guest coming on talking all about her strategy for pricing herself for really profitable portrait photography, which if you're a wedding photographer wanting to do more portraits or you're a portrait photographer and you want to know how to be more profitable, this is the episode for you. You will not want to miss next week. So be sure to tune in then. And in the meantime, I can't wait to connect with you online. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Take Your Shot podcast. If you found this podcast helpful or insightful, we would absolutely be honored if you could take a moment to leave us a review on whichever platform you're listening on. If you have any friends who you think would benefit from this podcast, please share it with them. And lastly, we absolutely love connecting with you all on social media. You can find us using the links below in the show notes. Thank you so much for tuning in and we'll see you next week.